Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham, and today's episode is a special episode, a soapbox episode, where it's just me sharing details and helpful tips that can be of importance to your game dev career. So let's go ahead and get started. As mentioned, this is Soapbox, where it's just me, man. Just the uh, the old me and you type of attitude. Again, I, I want to start off by apologizing for longtime listeners and even new listeners that the, I think you've noticed the last uh, month or so, uh, there has been like a inconsistency of uploading and I apologize for that and uh, hopefully it's not too late to address it. It's more of a personal matter. Uh, overall, a good thing. Uh, I just recently, if you guys have been following for a long time, went for five years where you can rely on this episode being, or this podcast releasing episodes every Tuesday. Never missed a beat, rain or shine. And then suddenly last month, you know, there was about, I would say three weeks that were skipped completely and not even addressed. And I apologize for that. And it's mostly because I'm in the middle of stuff right now that I'm figuring out. And, um, the best way I can put it, it was I was going through not uh, exactly burnout, but mostly um, early retirement type of thinking. <laughs> so, the, the, like I said, it's a good thing, right? So, for the last two, three years before the pandemic kind of forced remote everybody, as a recap, I've been working remote on my own studio uh, for 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 a while now, and so I uh, went from a salary job uh, when the podcast was was first started, talking about how to break free, right? How to unchain myself from the office. Successfully did that three years ago, so finally earned that in financial independence. And then the last couple of months, uh, came across something uh, super awesome, super valuable that kind of speed speed line my path to financial freedom uh talking about just working for fun so it was unexpected it it, it kind of fast tracked my 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 game plan of 5 to 10 years to to now and so i was just in the middle of figuring that out and i just have a very bad habit honestly being very tunnel vision where if i'm completely focus on one thing, I, everything else kind of fall by the wayside. Um, the podcast included, uh, home life, anything, uh, because I'm trying to really fast learn, uh, this new aspect of my life. And, uh, for, for a while now, uh, my routine got really interrupted, uh, with this new piece of, uh, information and, and all that. I started to be vague. I'm just not ready to share it just yet. But overall, it's a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, because of that, I, I just been busy and um, just completely <laughs> my health and everything just <laughs> it's just completely declined. Uh, not in a bad way, but it's just um, just things that I was day to day responsible for. I just was not paying attention to it. And I apologize for all your listeners out there. Uh, as always, uh, you guys are the foundation. I, I see this as a way to, uh, as a fun retirement thing going forward. Um, always. I, I think it's a great place for me to kind of share my thoughts, talk to interesting people and interact with you guys uh, in a way that I don't have that kind of outlet anywhere else. Uh, and it, you know, within the last week or so, I, I finally am able to kind of collect all my thoughts, collect everything, um, look at the ideal lifestyle with this new thing in my life. And I'm able to finally uh, stabilize uh, a, a new rhythm, a new routine that I can go with, right? So I'm still adjusting. But with that, the episodes uh, should be coming back every Tuesday. Um, again, I know this is released on a Wednesday and will be the last time, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of new episodes in the bag already. I just got to prepare them 
And with that, uh, there should be a, a surge back in, into working this out. Uh, as mentioned, you know, a lot of the things that I do, my primary job right now is um, my own studio now. It's Godemics. We help with uh, external development, right? We partner up with studios, AAA, uh, and work uh, with them to deliver the best game that they want uh, as a partner, not as an outsourcing company. So it's a, it's a new sector. Uh, that was blossoming. I say, I say, probably a few years ago. I think Godemics was one of the pioneers, and I think we are still one of the leaders in, in providing this type of service. But uh, not to go into self advertising. I know there's a lot of new listeners. Like, what does Brandon do? Where does he work? And that's what I do. I work for myself now, and it's always funny to kind of hear back earlier episodes to kind of see my dreams and goals get to a point where I'm super comfortable. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, a month last month, things kind of went to hyperdrive even faster. So I've just been kind of collecting my thoughts and, you know, setting up a routine. As you guys can imagine, I'm, I'm very used to a rhythm. I get very comfortable to a rhythm. So any disruption uh, good or bad can really throw me off, uh, my groove. So it took a little while and I'm still, like I mentioned, adjusting to this new thing, new found thing. Uh, but you know, uh, after this episode, uh, there should be a return to the round table to kind of catch up with all the news. And I'm sure it's a fan favorite with Ray to kind of like, uh, see where the industry is at. The soapbox, aside from my personal feelings and where I'm at right now, it's a way for me to reflect of things that I'm learning. Uh, I think the last time we talked, uh, we had a very deep discussion about how a lot of these big companies, tech companies, studios are reversing their stance on remote. And I know a lot of friends and people are, are kind of, um, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, people are, are rather wanting to quit than actually go back to the office and commute. Uh, it's a very hard time, a uh, hard slap of reality to a lot of developers out there. Uh, kind of eyeing from most people that I've talked to, September, that's kind of like the general return to office date for a lot of these studios. Uh We've mentioned before the biggest topic has been a lot of delays. You know, game development overall benefit the most as an industry from from this. Uh, everyone is out and about now. Pandemic's over. Um, mostly, there is a Delta strain kind of breaking out and scaring people. But I would say when I go out, I, I see like the same capacity that I, that I'm used to before. Uh, maskless uh, people are just generally enjoying life again, uh, which I feel is a good thing. Um, after a year of solitude and and thinking about how life has changed and the importance of certain valuables that uh, is getting more emphasis during the pandemic is is kind of carrying over after. I, I think it's it's kind of healthy to kind of like most people to repivot and set new goals uh, from this point forward. Right? I hope you guys are still at least enjoying work at home or some kind of hybrid approach. Uh, I think it is a game changer. One of my first rules out of three uh, to becoming unchained is to work from anywhere uh, at the job that you want. And I think the pandemic kind of uh, unleashed that for most developers and everyone got a taste. Uh, and I think, I hope that wakes up a lot of people like Neo from the Matrix um, about what life could be, uh, how life was and how that doesn't have to be that way. Uh, showing up at the office, commuting all the time, being away from family, being away from uh, your hometown or where you want to live. Um, there's a lot more options now. And I think overall we can finally appreciate that that came out of what a horrible year last year was. 
Uh, it's also a transitional phase. A lot of um, you know Unreal Five is out there. It always has have marked and coincides with the new generation of software: um, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X. Uh, it's an exciting time for a lot of developers. I think we're coming out of the phases here where uh, we're not just looking at minor upgrades from system to system. We're seeing exciting and legitimate games that are starting to take advantage of the new hardware. You know, we're working uh my studio, Godemics, are working with studios that are also transitioning to Unreal 5. Um, and so that that seems to be kind of interesting uh, in itself because uh, I think there was a phase with Unreal 3 to 4 where a lot of game studios were starting to use and prefer their own proprietary engine. Uh, and Unreal, the engine business is has always, uh, I think people are a little shocked that the Unreal engine business isn't that great. Um, it's okay. It hasn't had, had any huge growth. I would say it had a little bit of a dip or loss after Gears of War 3. Uh, there was a lot of studios kind of opting for internal engines. Um, I think that is slowly being backtracked. Uh, now I, I'm seeing more and more of these AAA studios and even smaller studios uh, adopting Unreal five as their base foundation at least uh to build off of it's good news and bad news right um good news is obviously the tools in unreal are i feel they're still unmatched um both unreal or unity either or Uh, i think the days of creating an engine from scratch there's obviously still triple a companies doing it yeah, we have Ubisoft with their, you know, Far Cry engine, Assassin's Creed engine, um, and and uh, Watch Dogs engine. They they have like so many different engines. Uh, and then who else? Uh, Rockstar obviously with their own engine. Um, SquareSoft or uh, Square Enix seem to just go half and half. I do see a lot of their games using Unreal a lot. Um, and just just name any, any company, really, right? Microsoft obviously uses a lot of Unreal. Uh, Sony Studios, you know, they, they still deal with their crazy and crappy proprietary engine in terms of tools, right? And then you got the Call of Duties and first-person shooter, DICE. So what's surprising to most people, and I hope you guys don't find this shocking, is like a lot of the uh, Epic's revenue isn't from Engine at all. It's uh, it's Fortnite, right? Um, although they're not just breaking even with the Engine business, I hope not. Uh, I, it's not extravagant uh, and largely remain unchanged uh, since since the first or t- second Unreal that was publicly uh, available and, and publicly licensable. A lot of this information, again, I've covered before um, from the Epic versus Apple court case, uh, the revenues were just <laughs> openly available and, and transparent. And yeah, Fortnite makes them a lot of money. So when I look at the shift and where we're at, you know, we are coming out of a phase um, that a lot of developers are, I would say having more control uh, more than ever. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are still being figured out. I think valuable or valued uh, positions on and sought after uh, hard to fill positions like visual effects, lighting, uh, anything technical really are going to be roles that are going to be uh, pretty uh offered freely to do remote but art positions producer pretty much any other positions unless you're a, a rock star uh you're most likely going to have to opt into re- moving uh near location to be in the office but you know it's a it's a work in progress it's a story still writing itself 
Um, uh, I think until after this year, we'll have a better consensus of where this industry as a whole stands with that. I keep hearing this and that basically with with uh, with people either having to return in the office or generally have to or, or could stay home uh, if they just forced their hand a bit. But yeah, the industry, from what I've seen, from what I'm working with, uh, the transition to new hardware is, again, proving more challenging to a lot of these studios. It seems that um, people are still wrapping their head around the hardware and, and tools and I think throwing with the extra challenges of not interfacing and being able to communicate more openly uh, at an office setting is kind of hurting the process of kind of getting uh, the tools up and running. So, you know, these these are just what I've just been observing. I would love to kind of generally hear what you guys thinking are with this. And I'm hoping to kind of concentrate the next uh, the rest of the summer, basically, to pull in guests, uh, talking specifically about transitional hardware, as well as, um, you know, uh, quad, quad A development, right? Which is, again, the coin terms now that people saying that AAA isn't big enough. It's quad A now. And there is a difference. Um, just like any generational jump. But uh, yeah, I mean, that that's my, my general thought. I feel I, like I, I kind of need to um, relate what I'm going through. Um, still keeping it vague, but I think hopefully this, you guys will find it relatable. You know, I'm a man who constantly kind of need a schedule for any type of progress or general discipline. And uh, I think I haven't felt this way uh, where I'm at right now, where there is a huge change and I'm still figuring that out since um, uh, two, three years ago, uh, to be honest, two, three years ago, I quit my salary job. Best decision I ever made. Super scary at the time, but looking back, uh, it was the perfect time to do what I had to do uh, to figure out what I needed to do. Um, I would say, uh, and I mentioned this before, Super Jelly for for anyone out there that had uh, a salary job and um, and still was able to kind of get the best of both worlds and work remotely. But uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not hating at all, right? I was I've been doing the same thing, but it was kind of cool to have that uh crazy security as well as, you know, being able to kind of start off something on the side, your side hustle uh with basically zero risk, right? So that that time period, if I was still at my job uh during that time and was being forced to work remote for basically a whole year, I think that uh, would have, I mean, I would end up where I am right now, but I think that would have been extra security that any developer like myself would appreciate. And I hope you guys use that to your advantage uh, to make sure that, you know, whatever feelings or ideas that you had uh, that was always limited by time, uh, you guys were able to kind of utilize that time to make things better. There was a recent uh, discussion that I had with a colleague. So this friend of mine reached out uh, and this guy I actually went to college with and ended up working with him uh, later in my career at one of these AAA jobs. And uh, it felt like every two years he would reach out um, when it comes to career choices because he, he and I are very similar. He's about He's a little younger than I am, about two years, but... You know, we worked uh, on similar franchises together. We had a very similar trajectory and career path. Um, since I graduated a little earlier, I was kind of a little further along. So he always kind of looked at me ahead uh, to see and help kind of plan out 
you know, what he wanted. Right. So he reached out specifically um, to talk about what he's going through. So he's at a very well-established company. I would say uh, most people would be dying to work there. Um, it's not a traditional AAA company. He's one of these tech companies, right? I won't be so specific, but think Google, think Facebook, uh, or even Apple, right? These type of jobs that I'm sure you have contact with, they have game development cycles uh, or or co- studios within those companies, right? So a lot of devs, a lot of friends are, are found have found safe haven at these tech companies, and you know the game companies or the games developed here are either for VR or for the phone or, or, or very limited, right? We're not talking about AAA uh, from what they're used to, but we're talking about high salary, super stable job. Uh, except, you know, if you worked at Google. But yeah, he was at one of these establishments, been there for two years. Uh, and I remember two years ago, he was, uh, he reached out specifically to talk about, you know, leaving the AAA sector to go for something more safe and reliable and then kind of getting out of the uh, rat race a bit, uh, but still enjoy the job and, and face new challenges. And that's where he ended up right now. But here we are two years later and he was facing this, the same dilemma, which is mostly unsatisfaction, uh, zero drive, zero motivation at work uh, to, to continue. So, what was interesting, and this is why I'm sharing, and I think most people can relate, uh, this was where I was uh, before. I was just showing it at work. Uh, didn't felt like I was being challenged. Didn't feel like I was being appreciated enough. Um, and uh, ultimately just really disliked my day-to-day experience. What was worse for me, at least, and I was sharing this with my friend, I was doing the podcast. I was talking to people who have unchained themselves, people who are still going through the same rut that I was. And, you know, every week I try to give my take, to try to give my input and advice for for all those that are listening. And I've discussed this before where I was at a point where I was at those kind of dead end jobs that was paying well, everything was fine, but the politics, the process was so horrendous, disagreeable that I felt like a fraud. I felt like a hypocrite. You know, here I am most nights delivering episodes on how to unchain yourself. And I am showing a work myself chained to one of the worst jobs I've ever had, right? So uh, he reached out to kind of hear my story. And uh, most notably, he had a very funny scenario. So thankfully, he was able to get through the pandemic completely financially unscathed. And his place is one of the few places that are still allowing uh, developers to work remotely uh, to an indefinite time, at the very least, uh, a hybrid approach. So that's that was somewhat guaranteed. So he, on paper, uh, has everything that you need to be successful as a developer. But internally, he was facing all this political miss. Uh, processes that were slow. Um, you know, he he put it as I was only using 10% of my skill set and I hate my job. I hate being there and I just feel like I have, there's no progress, right? So a same dilemma that he faced two years ago. Aside from talking him and sharing my own story uh, because it was relatable, he uh, had an awesome offer from an awesome game company that early in his career, he always set it as a goal. And he finally got offered, you know, a management position there with huge potential growth, uh, but at least in the corporate path, right? 
So his dilemma or crossroads was that he was looking at the indie path at this time right now and wanted to see if, uh, if he can really push it and commit to it. So this was something actually exactly what I faced. Yeah. For those who've been following my career and the podcast for a while, uh, before I quit Godemics, uh, I mean, before I went to Godemics and formed my own studio full time, it was already formed, but uh, my myself, uh, I wasn't completely full time yet. And so I wasn't ready to make that leap. And uh, I was faced with two job offers uh, to get out of that crappy job that I didn't like. And uh, both the jobs were in San Francisco, which meant that... Uh, you know, Northern California. And I, my house, my home, my family at that time and still is, was in Orange County in Southern California. So we're talking about a six hour difference with no options of actually wanting to move, right? I was done in that part of my career uh, to move anywhere for a job. I was just done. Uh, This is my pre-pandemic feelings before the pandemic. Uh, I knew that uh, moving anywhere um, was not an option ever again. I was just at a stage of my life where I was tired of that and I didn't want to do it anymore. And it was really, really bothering me and and really interrupting my, my life. So I decided that I don't want to do that. So however, oh, it just seems to be at that point in my career where all the best job and career paths have been offers from the San Francisco area. Uh, Even though I I didn't want to live in San Francisco anymore. I lived there twice, two different times. Didn't want to do it for the third. But my game plan then was very simple. I knew for a fact that I had this blossoming studio that I've created with my partner that was growing, that was uh, completely uh, self-sufficient, uh, to a certain extent, there was no crazy uh, deposit of investment from our personal uh, bank. You know, we've been profitable since day one. It's just needed more time uh, before I can jump off and be full time. And I, I mentioned this a long time ago, but this is just a recap. So I was able to share that experience um, with my friend because he too was faced with this new job offer that required him though to move to Canada basically. And he didn't want to leave his home in Seattle. And so he, he's married and no kids though. So he was thinking that he would do the same thing I did, which was I commuted from Orange County, San Francisco every weekend uh, for a year and a half. Uh, being away from family during the week uh, to kind of speed up my process of quitting my job. So he too uh, was looking to do the same thing, uh, do a two-hour commute by plane or even drive and just be away from his wife uh, two weeks at a time to concentrate on a new new job uh, that required him to be in the office, right? Hey guys, a quick word from our sponsors for this episode, Gainsboost42. You guys, building an app and trying to get it to launch off in the mobile market is one of the hardest things to do. I should know. I used to work at a mobile company. A lot of it has to do with getting people to try your game more so than how great your game is. But if your game is already great, why not partner up with someone as great with the marketing and everything else that comes with making a successful app. Gains Boost 42. It will help you increase your revenue and make it grow faster without any investors or publishers. Get access to your app store revenues today and keep 100% control of your company and products. Also, they will fill your marketing for the smallest percentage rate on the market starting at 2.2% with crystal clear paperwork that has no hidden costs. What you see is what you get. They are the official partners of five top-notch mobile agencies to provide a full range of marketing service for those of you who want to just sit back and see your user acquisition grow. So do yourself a favor. Don't wait any longer. Go to Games Boost 
Forty-two.com. The link is, as always, available in the description of this podcast. Now back to our episode. Uh, I didn't advise them to do anything. I only was able to share my story because I think ultimately the choices that one makes can only be made by oneself. So I only provided professional you know, professional opinions, information that can be helpful to kind of frame his choices. Uh, although everything worked out for myself, um, you know, uh, I think a real shocker to kind of give you guys some insight. When I left for San Francisco for that year and a half, my my youngest was six months old. When I came back, he was near two. All right. So with children, I think it, uh, is the best reminder uh, of your the mortality of one's life, right? Um, because we can go by and not talk to a friend for a few years, and we basically look the same, right? And are the are the same person. And you guys can probably find this self evident when you are now hanging out with friends after being away from each other for a year and a half. With children, what I mean when you can really start to realize your mortality is six months old to two years is like a whole different person every year, basically to puberty or even up to eighteen. That you're, it's just a, such a fast change around, um, and the influence or non influence that you have in that child's life uh, becomes very apparent the, the longer you are away from them in those pivotal moments of their life. So my one thing, though, yes, my business happened uh, the way that I planned it, maybe give or take three to six months longer, uh, because originally I just was going to do it for a year, but it ended up a year and a half. It allowed me to kind of set up security and income, uh, a pad, a cushion to to jump full time, right? Which was has been the, the plan all along. But in retrospect, you know, I completely missed all that time with my children and, and my wife that is never going to be able to reclaim and made up for. I just lost it. It's gone. You know, here I am uh, after two years and now that I am a part of your life, now I can have some influence. But even with that, you know, there was huge transitional change back to just being around again. And I would say six months and one year adjustment after coming back before my family, my wife, relationship between me and her, relationship between me and my sons uh, were... uh, getting better. Right. So I'm I'm sure you guys kind of faced a similar thing when you were forced to work at home. And if you're living with somebody, it was a a huge adjustment on you guys' part uh, to, to, to be comfortable being around each other all the time. Right. So I went through that phase early on before the pandemic pandemic definitely two X that, but it wasn't at least as bad as, as most people went through. Right. So he was facing this choice, these two paths. I was faced with two paths as well, three paths actually. I knew my backbone was always Godemics, but I too at that point um, was offered that mobile job that I eventually took, which was easier. And then I was faced with another AAA offer, which was a dream project, a dream job, uh, something I would say even two or three years before I accepted the other offer. Uh, was a direction that I definitely wanted to be at or a position I wanted to be for. And um, uh, the pay was similar. It was nothing, no difference about it. They were just both in San Francisco, but uh, the divergence of path was huge. It was basically a commitment of five years uh, for a next-gen project as a lead, as a manager. And like I mentioned before, once you're a lead and on a major project, a major huge franchise, you're somewhat of a made man uh, as long as you continue that path. So I was faced with a real decision, uh, real uncertainty that I was completely unsure about. Um, it was very hard. I was basically facing myself uh, in with with different aspirations basically and you know i i think i know i know now i i chose the right path 
Uh, but then it was completely scary. So my friend was facing this dilemma himself. It's like, do I want to continue the corporate path or do I want to really give myself a chance here and try my own thing? Uh, because I told him the the advice that most people give is that it's never too late uh, to try anything new. I kind of disagree with that. I think there is a limitation when it comes to creativity. I think uh, he he's 34, right? So mid-30s. I think that the timeline that I always kind of hug close to was that in your 20s to 30s, you know, climb the corporate ladder, learn the discipline, be an expert at it, right? But from 30 to 40s, if you wanted to do something entrepreneurial, take risk, do something completely new, utilizing the skills and resume that you have accumulated at that time. 30 to 40s have always been that age where I feel it's the most appropriate because by that time you're probably getting married, right? You're starting to think about kids, starting to have kids, uh, where that becomes baggage later in 40 to 50, where you, you should not take as much risk in your 40s. You should not uh, put anything in jeopardy. Uh, and you should start to really be acquainted with where you're at and uh, take that to basically retirement age, right? So that that was something I kind of shared with him where, you know, if he was serious about doing his own thing, then he really needs to put in the commitment, uh, not just the hour spent outside of work, but uh, not stop being, stop chasing this other thing, uh, you know, that he was satisfied two years ago to be at the job now, but two years later, here he is again, unsatisfied and he's chasing the next thing, right? And it's just funny how that works, um, where you don't realize you're in this cycle, right? Because I had to point that out to him. It's like, because two years ago, exactly, he was talking to me about the same thing at a different job. And I had to point it out. It's like, dude, I, I don't think it is what I found out. All these problems with studios, all these problems that is preventing me to be excellent, preventing me to do what I want to do, weren't external influences. They were all internal conflicts. Uh, you know, it was my problem. Because in retrospect, I didn't have to quit the job that I hated, really, as long as it was stable, because it was, and it was close to home. Uh, But I chose to leave to San Francisco and take that crazy commute away from my family, basically away from myself, uh, to pause life. Uh, and, and, uh, And it was all the cause of my ego, really. Right, just not being coming to grips with my ego at that point in my life, uh, not wanting to show up to a job that I didn't find worthy of my time. Um, but really, in retrospect, I should have just spent that energy, that anger, the the emotional baggage towards you know the project I knew was going to end up being my thing. And. Uh, if anything, I would have more time, more dedication and, and still have uh, my cake and eat it too. And, you know, have, have that time with my family as well as building this company that is blossoming without sacrificing any of that. But my ego got really in the way. And um, I, I think overall it made some really bad decisions uh, when I didn't have to. And, you know, luckily I was stubborn because I think the only way I I made it through that and and be where I'm at right now was because I was so stubborn to not accept defeat. So even if I take 10 steps back, I'm the type of person that would sprint 20 steps forward to make up for those time loss or uh, mistakes or accidents um, before admitting that, hey, you made a mistake. You shouldn't have done that. Uh, I'm not one in the moment to kind of stop what I'm doing and, and question uh, why am I in such a bad place right now? 
I kind of just take action, get out of that bad place first, and then look back and kind of make analysis of what were the wrong moves and how how can I best inform my future decisions, right? So the, I'm sharing this with you guys because I think that's super relevant. Um, he didn't even realize he was in this slick cycle, cyclical um, loop where he would just path, get a new job, go through this honeymoon stage and just slowly find out that he's unsatisfied and question everything. Uh, because I was at that place at, at one point. Um, and I, I think a lot of developers too are finding that, uh, especially if you're, you're moving around a lot and you've had several jobs in the last few years, like most game developers do, uh, like yourself, we all find our, ourselves in a place where I'm not that happy. And I don't know why. I mean, the settings have changed. People around me have changed. Um, but the problem persists, right? And it's a huge self-reflection moment. It's like the problem persists because the one constant is you. You as a person, you as a developer, you as where you are professionally, um, we always like to look at external resources as, and, and trying to point them out as the problem that's stopping us from being who we are. But from my experience, man, it's always been yourself. It's always been you as the blocker. Uh, no one's stopping you. You know, one of the great things, if you are living in the Western world and the United States, especially it's, uh, there's a lot of resources to kind of repivot and, and change your life based on your own choices still. And um, I'm very thankful for that. I'm, uh, even now I'm at a place where, yeah, I'm mostly managing. I do feel unsatisfied to the extent that, um, you know, the artistic side of me is not being utilized as much because, you know, when you run a business, you got to manage people and, for that business to grow, especially if you're in a servicing business, you keep growing the team, which also means you keep growing your responsibilities as a manager and less on content, right? Um, that, that is why like, I'm finding myself, uh, something just kind of fell in my lap uh, that is kind of speeding my, uh, my, my idea of what the next five years could look like. And I guess my goal now is to basically not make games for a living, but basically make games for fun is how I best can put it. Meaning financial freedom, um, which I feel is, <laughs> that's why I've been kind of distracted, right? Um, it's actually finally within reach, um, before I hit my forties. So I'm super excited, obviously, and I'm, I'm doing and I'm pouring all my resources and time to get better at something here. And, uh, because I, I think it's it really going to allow me to kind of step back from needing to worry about, uh, anything. I think within our heart as a creative in this industry, I think overall we would love it to be just making games for fun. Just free from, I wouldn't say deadlines, but like deadlines wouldn't matter as much. Uh, not just, not just for deliverables, right? The deliverables and deadlines are always important. I think you got to set a goal to, to, to actually reach for it and, and, and kill it. Right. Otherwise you'll be in this infinite loop of making something. That's what I mean. I, I mean, like, what I'm finding with creatism and working in the game industry, and I'm I'm always kind of shared this before. I'm trying to get back to where I was when I was in high school or or even school, where there wasn't like a huge uh concern about making money right when when making games right there wasn't 
And that I feel was my happiest time, right? Because like anybody that's moving up in the industry, the only reason why you want to move up and have more and more responsibility as a manager, essentially, is because, you know, that's where the salary grows. That's where it is. Uh, if you want more money, you, you basically eventually have to become a manager of some sort. Uh, it's just the hierarchy of how you get paid more in this business. And so it's a slow departure from, you know, why you went in the industry before. And uh, now it becomes about the the income and, and, you know, if you get the income and the project, it's cool. It helps. But well, what I want to get at is and what I'm trying to figure out is to get away from the income part because income, it's a good and bad thing, right? Uh, having these deadlines, having accountability. I think these pressure cooker moments can only be created by those uh, factors. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great games that have been and can only be made through that type of frame. What I'm curious about and what I'm kind of striving for now is like, you know, I I, want to do my business for the fun of the business. Uh, because I'm doing that with the podcast, right? I'm doing the podcast because it's fun. Uh, I'm doing game school online because I love teaching and I think that's fun as well. I just want to make games or make art for fun. And, uh, basically my whole day to myself is just about having fun with it and not really having to worry about bill payment and stuff, right? I'm basically describing early retirement, right? So I'm in a phase that that that's there. I'm trying to figure that part out. And, and back to my friend, he's he's at the stage where he's trying to get financial independence as uh, well, like most developers and, and, and scratch that itch that he's always had and, and really committing to it. So I was able to convince him sort of, I was like, hey man, you're at a great job right now. You know, um, I think the decision is whether you want this or that. You want to keep going the corporate way or do you want to go the indie way? And I think he uh, had to have a real conversation with himself to figure that out uh, because he had a vague idea of it. But I don't think he actually sat down to talk about it. And I was there to kind of have provide a, a, a place for him to bounce ideas from and actually hear it. Um, from from someone that's kind of been following his career for a while and, and kind of seeing similar issues that I've had in my own career, right? So I think uh, what he's doing is he's going to try, if anything, with his new job to see if he can force remote it, right? Not have to leave Seattle. That would be number one. That would solve his uh, issue with his current company. Just a very interesting project, a lead level that he uh, he've always wanted at that comp- said company. Right, that that would basically give him the foundation to do exactly what he is doing now, and then spend the extra time and be more serious about his independent work, independent project, and study. It is the perfect time. The tools, Unreal 5, everything is becoming so available now to do your own thing. My dream, uh, and still is, is like, I just want to wake up and do two, three hours of my own game and not worry about it having to sell. I just want to express an artistic vision uh, and learn the techniques and skills attributed to that because I think uh, I still, I still love discovery of learning something new and and being able to see it uh, produced as well. So I think in general, it's, uh, it's everyone's goal, but I'm, I'm starting to hone in on that a bit more uh, the past couple months. And I'm in my mid thirties, man. I used to be the young book in the studio. I'm, I'm not anymore. 
thankfully I'm not in any studio. I am running a company. So, I mean, it is a huge uh, difference. But, you know, I am in that late ye- 30s where my um, elasticity for taking risks is getting more fragile, <laughs> right? I need to start really honing in uh, the things I'm good at and really uh, start to minimize completely new things, right? So my window is closing for that, I feel. And thankfully, I'm doing stuff that allows me to have a good amount of time to 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 figure this out. So I, I have that luxury, which I think is pretty. Uh, it, it should be. It is an anchor to to do all the stuff that I'm, I'm talking about. But uh, I, I felt like, yeah, it it was interesting, kind of talking through it because I felt like I was talking to myself three years ago, and I can only imagine a lot of people are kind of going through the same thing. If my best word of advice after interviewing so many people and going through it myself is that I think the majority of misinformation out there about people doing their own project, their side hustle, and their own thing is that they have to quit 100% and basically go through the savings for a year before producing any income, sometimes even more. And that's the only path to kind of get something going. And uh, I have to constantly remind people, it's like, you know, it's called a side hustle for a reason. It's a side thing. The first primary thing you got to figure out is your primary income, uh, a stable zero risk factor. And yes, you have to going to have eight hours basically taken away for this primary job. But if you are ever serious about the side hustle, you should really spend the extra hours before and after work getting in some, some type of rhythm and still deliver on these goals that you set for yourself. Uh, and then build up to something that you is uh, practical and tangible before making any rash decision that puts yourself or your family at risk. I, I feel that the excuses that are made about being too tired or uh, you know obstacles that are preventing you to doing that. Uh, doesn't really change if you do that side thing full time. I think they're going to be uh, generally if you're making excuses um, that that thing was never that important enough for you to do it anyways. Right. So when listeners or or readers of the blog or or colleagues reach out for for help. I always resort back to saying that. And it's exactly what I told this friend of mine that he's at a great job. It's great that he's doing stuff on the side. But if it's not getting anywhere, it's not because of your primary job, it's you. So you need to figure out you and why you're not as serious as you thought you were. To accomplish the goals that you need to make the side thing a real thing. Um, and because he was leaning towards quitting completely and focusing on and go all in all hard, right? I was like, all, only rare amount of people can get through the unscathed because nothing's worth worse than a creative product is that you're looking at this ticking clock of income disappearing every month. That pressure on top of the pressure that you're already experiencing on making a huge project by yourself or, or with a few friends, um, it, it's going to jeopardize and pollute 
whatever original vision that you had and it's, it's actually going to hurt your 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 sense of rea- of reality of what you could have achieved right because you're you're going to be compromising because time is running out uh you might be picking up other other side things to make up for the income that you're used to so because of the lifestyle change you might have to like you know buckle up and tighten up those pants thinking that that you know making your money stretch as far as you can uh all these things besides working on your creative project is starting starting to kind of trickle in and interfere your momentum and so uh much rather deal with that loss of momentum when you have like the security of a job and then any extra effort that you put you're starting to see results with that side hustle uh it's the best path forward it's always going to be scary right i I don't think there's uh at least for me right the side my side hustles at the time when i was having a salary job wasn't exactly where i wanted to be that i set for myself a year and a half before but it was at a place where there was huge potential upsides as well as huge potential downsides it was not safe it can either go up or down uh based on me jumping full-time on board um, with my own studio. So it was a leap of faith. And I think that feeling of that leap of faith is always going to be unavoidable, at least what I found. And uh, there is like a great motivation when your only thing is uh, is this making this thing work, right? There's, don't get me wrong. That's a huge uh, momentum factor to get things done, right? Because you have to. But as time drags, I would say within a month to three months of time and you're not getting the results that you are seeking, it's going to really kill your mood as you see money disappearing and and all these other stress and factors are, like I mentioned before, trickling in and, and kind of stopping you from achieving that goal. Uh so it was it was great to kind of remind myself how lucky I am to be where I'm at uh and uh still see different types of growth after you know f- unchaining myself like seeing how that 5 to 10 year goal have changed right where the post is different than whatever I I fathomed before doing this um it uh it feels like, yeah, there is something new to chase that has developed last year or last in the last month, as recently as last month, that I didn't anticipate uh, even six months ago, right, at the beginning of this year. And um, hopefully my story helps inform you guys that the goalpost is always moving. And, uh, you know, just make sure that uh, the problems uh, that are being constant, even when you're switching job, isn't yourself right so taking a pause and evaluating where you're at and why you're not happy uh and kind of stating the the sources and excluding anything that is not you and and where you can change is going to be very important for you to really have a, a better idea of the the goals that you want and um i've seen this so many times still with friends at what you would think a killer job or uh or 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 just generally that stability that they've always wanted uh the 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 excitement is gone right and it's the grass is always greener um syndrome that i feel a lot of what our developers are are kind of falling into that I hope you guys are starting to see uh, by listening to a lot of these episodes and me kind of yammering the last hour that you're most likely fine where you are, especially if you have been able to maintain a job through the pandemic. All the issues that you're probably hating about it, I think as long as you have time to yourself outside those eight hours and you're not crunching hard for that primary job all the time, 
in addition to you guys working remotely, so that eight hours actually four to six, really, right? Because no one's tracking that. You're in a good place. Um, you know, the the concept of being unchained actually have changed a bit as I'm doing this. Unchained is a mental state. It's not having to be physically away from your job that you hate right now, right? It's a mental state because as soon as I, my last salary job that I moved for, it was a great job. I liked the people, but there were problems. There were complaints. Uh, there would be gossip about thing, things like that, but it didn't affect me as much because mentally I was already accepting of that. I already had a goal in mind. I was in a personal space and state that knew where I was heading and what that job meant to me. And I, I took it as what it is. And I defined that. And that I would say before even quitting that job, I was already unchained. I was already free. Uh, and I was really happy. I was actually really happy, even though it was the lesser choice out of the two that I was offered, uh, it ended up being what exactly what I needed to kind of do what I had to do and uh, reach my ultimate goal of never moving ever again. And it took me a while to figure that even as I am speaking to you guys right now and you guys are listening, uh, I don't think I ever really sat down and figured that out until now where I was actually unchained and free before quitting my salary job. And hopefully that message comes across to you guys is like, if you're unhappy where you're at, it served its purpose, you know, a lot of unemployment during last year. And if you're at a job that kept you and, uh, you know, although it's might be burning your brain cells, right with certain people, uh, getting to that mental state is like, you know what? I have a game plan where I'm going to keep doing this until this other thing takes off really helps, man. It really, it's not putting on the blinders. It's more, it's more like putting on the focus of where you want to be. And that, that completely changed it for me. I was not burn out anymore. I was hugely focused on what I had to do. I got the most done during that year aside from work than I ever had years before. And it got me into this groove and preparation of what it can be if I were spending more time on all the side stuff. But yeah, I wasn't sure I was going to go an hour. I'm kind of rusty. It's been like you know, like I said, a month before um, I recorded any episodes. So thanks. Thanks again, guys, uh, for the support. You know, I I can still see (laughs) funny enough, even with those three episode absences, uh, the podcast has been growing. So it's definitely catching wind. So like you guys are there for me, I'll continue to be there for you guys. I have that natural curiosity for the industry. I love the industry. I'm still in it, obviously, uh, in a different way, but I'm still in it. And um, no, I love you guys, man. I I love doing this. It helps me kind of clear my thought. It's kind of like therapy for me. It helps me analyze where the industry's at, where I'm moving, and it helps inform my own decisions of where I want to be because this is all I know, man. This is all I do. Uh, even with this new thing, it's, it's pretty much <laughs> still game development. So I still have to... Uh, talk to you guys and talk to others to kind of grow and learn myself uh, to get to my next stage of my career, basically complete financial freedom, early retirement and making gains for, for fun and not caring if it sells or not. Ah, man, that, that would be a thing of beauty. And uh, stating right now with this episode, that's where I'm heading. So that also means it's gonna, I always kind of, look at future guest episodes uh, based off where I'm at 
uh, as well as, you know, what you guys suggest, but, you know, I'd be talking to a lot of guests that, that are either near or, or close to that of early retirement and while working in the industry and just doing it for fun. I know a few, so I'll bring them on and kind of dig around in the brain and, and just really see, you know, uh, why these guys are the true game artists. They're doing it when they don't have to. That That's amazing. You know, there's a lot of like indie developers that made it big and still continue to make games, right? So I believe that's going to be very helpful for for even if you're not at this stage, but uh, it will help kind of fit along what your future goals are in, in your career. Well, that's it, man. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, There will be a return to the video episodes as well, accompanied with these audio podcasts. Uh, Expect to see all activities on the blog to return. And best luck to y'all. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are liking the podcast, go to the Apple iTunes store and give Game Dev Unchained a five-star rating. This will help spread the joy and love and exposure for the podcast, and we thank you very much. If you want to continue the conversation, go to our Discord, which can be found on our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at BlueChamps, B-L-U-C-H-A-M-P-S. You want to catch these episodes live every Tuesdays and Thursdays, go to twitch.tv forward slash blue underscore champs. Email me any of your concerns or questions that you want me to read aloud at the beginning of each episode at info at gamedevunchained.com. And if you want to further support us and help unlock the next feature, which is the voicemail future, go to patreon.com forward slash blue champs this gives listeners a chance to kind of call in leave a message for both me and the guests to answer your deepest darkest questions and comment on your deepest darkest secrets thank you everybody